0: Get ready. Hello. It's your host, Beth Brandon. Welcome to another episode of College Talk, and hello from maybe foggy, maybe sunny, maybe warm, maybe chilly, I don't know, I'm technically not there yet, San Francisco. Um, I am recording this week's podcast super early so that I can get you the information, because when this comes out... I will be in the last day of the National Gear Up Conference in San Francisco. I'm super pumped uh, to learn more about what Gear Up is doing across the nation to help get students ready for college and help them succeed in college. Um, And then also, I'm excited to learn more about what I can do to be a part of helping students succeed. So, let's get started. Today's topic is a riveting. I am excited to talk about our favorite five-letter anagram, FERPA. Um, so this episode is going to be a little more focused on parents. Uh, usually we focus on students, but students, this is a good thing for you to listen to so you kind of know what your rights are regarding uh, your own educational information as you transition from high school <clears throat> Excuse me, into college. Okay. So let's start with the basics. What does FERPA even stand for? That's a great question. FERPA stands for the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act. Um, it was created a while ago, um, and, and it really impacts every single facet of, um, of education. So another thing to remember, if you haven't heard of FERPA, um, but you've heard of something called the Buckley Amendment, um, it's, it's the same thing. So like I said, it was started quite a while ago. Um, the act happened in 1974. Um, and so this has been something that has been around, um, I mean, okay, math math is hard, but like over, you know, 40 years or so. Um, but it's not something that's talked about a ton. And so um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the rights that you got while your student was in K through 12. Um, So uh, particularly in secondary school, because it's a big shift between the two. um, But no one necessarily tells you about it. So FERPA, while your student is still in primary or secondary school, um, it's going to give you parents and guardians the right to have access to your children's educational records, the right to have them amended, and the right to have some control over the disclosure of personally identifiable information. Um, I got that from the Department of Ed. Um, I am in no way, shape, or form any sort of legal counsel. Um, so the interpretation of that, um, could be a few different things. And so, uh, one thing I think of is the right to have, uh, educational records amended. Um, I don't really know what all that means. I know it means you can't say, Hey, we need to change this grade. That's not going to happen. However, um, I think changing uh, student's name, um, things like that. But, uh, if you do have questions, it's a great idea to reach out to administration, um, at your school district, or even at the county level, um, to help them explain those different things. Um, before I jump into, FERPA, again, at the higher education level, I am not a legal expert. I um, studied FERPA briefly during higher education law uh, course while I was getting my master's degree, and essentially that focus was on letting us know what we can do inside the scope of the law and what we couldn't do um, because we'd be breaking the law. So, in, in high school and, you know, kindergarten through 12th grade, you have a ton of access to um, your students' records, to what's going on, what classes they're taking, how they're doing in those classes. I mean, tons of access, more than you maybe even ever felt you needed to use. So with... All of the changes that you're going to be going through, maybe if your uh, student or child is going to be living on campus, getting used to the house without them there for a majority of the year. If they're going to be staying at home and commuting to a school nearby, uh, the change in their schedule. They might have a 6 p.m. class that goes until 9 p.m. That's Weird. <laughs> they might be around all day and then have that one class. It's weird. Um, if if they're living off campus but they're still living far away, um, there's going to be changes even then from living on campus in a residence hall. Um, and so all of those things are shifting and happening. And the access and the rights that FERPA gives you as a parent or guardian, uh, that's about to change in a big way too. So here's the gist. Once a student uh, either turns 18 or attends secondary education um, or school beyond secondary school. So that could be, and when I say college, like we've talked about it before, I mean any sort of credentials. So that could be a six-month certificate program um, at a trade school. That could be, uh, or, or at a community college, that could be you know, a four-year bachelor's degree. All of that to me is post-secondary education. That's college. Um, Once your student is enrolled in that, all of the rights to that information goes to the students. It's theirs. Um, and, And you can't access it. You cannot call up the registrar. You cannot call up the residence hall coordinator. You can't call up the professor's. You can't have access to it. Those rights are transferred fully to the student and away from you. So all of the information that you used to get, you know, grades, what classes they're taking, information on financial aid, how they're utilizing their loans, if they got a refund check, all of that information goes to the student. And so unless they tell you you're not going to get that information. That even includes if you don't, you haven't heard from them in a couple days or a week and you're feeling really worried and you call and ask where they are. Campus safety, the residence hall coordinator, RAs, none of those people are going to be able to tell you that. Um, and that is a crazy concept, I think, to, to take on and to think about because for so long, there's so much connection and then just an immediate boom, cut. So there are a couple forms um, that you can talk to your student about filling out, and if they choose to, um, they can, and there are going to be a few different ones to get access to things. I'll be honest, I really wanted to make my college experience my own, and I didn't let my parents have access to my academic information. Um, I wanted to learn some lessons and take on that responsibility on my own. I knew that I was not educated enough in terms of financial literacy, um, to feel comfortable taking that on on my own. And so I signed the forms to let my parents have access to see my financial aid, um, my balance uh, for tuition and, and room and board and things like that. But honestly, that's up to your student, your child. Um, if, if they want, and they, you know, they wish to give you access, they can sign those forms, but ultimately it's up to them. So that's kind of scary. Um, one of the things that I, I think I would think of first is, okay, well, if they haven't called me in a week and I can't know where they are, what do I do? I'm, I'm sick with worry. What do I do? Well, a lot of times you can call campus safety. You can call the residence halls and you could say, I would like you to do a wellness check on my student and they will go do that and you can know that they will connect um your student to resources if they need a counseling center um if they're sick and they need to go to um like the healthcare center and get some cold medication things like that if there's an emergency they're going to contact you right especially if you're their emergency contact um and, and so do keep that in mind but um they can't give out information it's against the law um, I think one thing that's wild about uh, you know higher ed laws and it, it's not super finite. It's kind of broad, and so there's a lot of ways it can be interpreted, and um, and and so the the best way to kind of handle that is to have a broad scope of like what does this mean, what can we do, what can't we do, um, and and so sharing the information is not okay. Things you can know: directory information, and this is anyone, not just parents, um, name. Email address, um, different things like that. One thing that I always thought was really weird for student athletes, height and weight, unless otherwise specified, um, can be part of their directory information. I think that probably has to do with like scouting. Um, I thought that was kind of a weird thing. But um, you know, it's 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 important to recognize that those are gonna be some pretty big changes. Um I think That means it's a really good time to have those uh, important conversations with your student now um, saying, you know, how, what do you want this relationship to look like? Um, How many times a week are we going to call? Are we going to Skype, FaceTime, um, talk on the Google group chat um, app, which I'm, I'm trying to look it up right now. It's called Google Hangouts. Um, There are a ton of different ways for you to stay connected, Facebook Messenger, um, you know, all that stuff. Um, If you want to go on family vacations, but you're finding it hard to communicate, you know, what you need for packing on spring break or whatever, um, using WonderList to create a family list that people can use together. Um, it, It... it's a big change. And so I'd say before your student gets swept up in the hustle and bustle of their fall welcome week and, um, the nervous excitement of their first classes starting and getting the syllabus, um, all the different syllabuses and seeing syllabi, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> and seeing, um, like, oh my gosh, I have eight papers due for this class. I did not think I was going to have to. Do that. oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And that in between those moments, um, Trying to sneak in that communication saying, like, hey, like, how do you want help knowing what we have to pay for second semester? Or, um, hey, you know, you can talk to me if you feel like you're not doing as well as you should be academically. And I can help you find resources. Or, um, you know, I can be here just to listen. Um, You know, because I I think that is one of the biggest relationship shifts um, as students are heading into college is... uh, the relationship is shifting, um, and it's going to feel weird. So my best advice would be start having those conversations about how that communication shift is going to look now. So when it happens, it's not unexpected and scary for all parties involved or on the flip side, Uh, You don't look like you're constantly calling or nagging when really you just want to make sure they're okay. Um, Another really important conversation, parents, um, to have with students, and I know sometimes some teachers listen to this too, and I think it's a great conversation for teachers to have um, the difference between success and success with fulfillment. Um, There is a lot of pressure put out by college admissions. you know, where students have to have a certain GPA and a certain SAT, and they have to have done so many extracurricular activities where students are just checking off boxes on a list. And once you get to college, um, yeah, that involvement is super important. There's tons of research. Um, Ashton, one of his biggest publications from 1999, um, really just shows the link between students getting involved in in on-campus and involvement can be anything from an on-campus job to joining a swing dancing club or the score watching club or a specific organization for international business students or nursing students um, or students who are doing um, computer science. Any of those different areas, um, any of those aspects of involvement, even going to office hours and creating a connection with your uh, professors that counts as being involved on campus. Um, and, um, while that involvement is super important, um, what you're doing also becomes really important and and not in the sense of, is this checking the boxes? Like, you know, yes, you want to have an internship and you want to have some experience working. So you can show that you're a valuable and dependable employee. Um, but the positions and the jobs and the organizations that I, well, it is six o'clock here in Lexington, Michigan. If you can hear the whistle, um, <laughs> classic, okay. Uh, if if you are not doing things that you enjoy and that you feel connected to and you can talk about in, um, an interview later, then your student joining a bunch of of organizations and spending their time just checking off boxes isn't going to help them. And so that fulfillment piece along with the success piece is so, so very integral to, making sure that that experience is rounded, um, and, and frankly, helps them be successful in their overall goals of being employed later and enjoying their college experience. Um, I think another aspect of fulfillment is courses. Um, sometimes, you know, I think about majors and you know what what can you really do with this afterward. Um, obviously looking for transferable skills, doubling made double majoring is is an option. Um, and, and and then minors, but having a student go and, and, and encouraging them to go, to talk to career services and say like, hey, you know, what what does it look like in this field um, for, for my major? What are the jobs like? Having them talk to faculty. Um, about what the career field in what they're studying looks like right now, what the trajectory for jobs looks like, right? That's all important too. And, and if it turns out that something they absolutely love is not a viable career option, it doesn't mean they should stop doing it. It means that they should figure out a way to make those other general education courses that aren't the basic English and math and science that they're going to have to take, but all those other humanities areas. How can they make that Fit in. And you know, if, if there's something that your student absolutely loves doing, help them figure out how to continue to be involved in any way, shape, or form. Encourage them to try out for local theater if they decide that that's not a major that they want to follow. Um, encourage them to be in the school marching band, or uh, you know, join different club sports, or do walk on tryouts for the varsity sports. You know, and if they don't make it, that's okay. There's other options out there. Make sure that you're pressing that point. There are other options. There are other opportunities. You know, just just because you do bad on your first test, that doesn't mean your semester's over. It means you have to go to the next door and this time when you open it, you have to walk through and, and helping them understand that life is full of no's, life is full of failures and it's full of messes. And that w- that's what makes those happy and exciting moments so happy and exciting um, because you figured out how to overcome those. So I'm going to wrap this up today. It's a pretty short one. Um, just again, a big reminder, FERPA is going to change a lot. Um, you're no longer going to be able to have the information that you used to have legally. It's the law, right? Um, colleges and universities can't do anything about that. And, and absolutely, it's going to be frustrating, right? As, as a parent or guardian, um, family member, it's frustrating to, to have to switch so suddenly from, this is how it used to be to, I can't get an answer anymore. Um, I cannot imagine how frustrating that is, especially if you are worried about you know the physical or, or mental or emotional safety of your of your child. Um, but keep in mind that the, you know their hands are tied. This is the law, um, and so work together with them to figure out how to communicate um, that you are worried to your child. Whether that's calling campus safety. Or um, talking to a residence hall director to say, like, hey, just let them know we're concerned and we'd love to hear from them. Um, Send them care packages so they know you're thinking of them, things like that. But I cannot press enough the importance of having those conversations now in the summer um, when everything's really starting to to weigh on a student's mind. Like, I have – I just did orientation. Fall welcome is in a month. And then I start my classes and this is it. Like, this is crunch time. Have those conversations now um, because students might be starting to get ready to think about the changes that are going to happen. And like I said, I am not uh, any sort of legal authority or, you know, an expert, but uh, that was just the basics. And, And, you know, again, I'm not a counselor. Um, I'm not a therapist, but I would recommend, you know, if, if you think maybe your student might struggle, help them or encourage them to locate the resources that are on campus first. Um, there's no shame in asking for help. Tons of people who find success um, are the people, right, who ask for help along the way. And they work with others and collaborate, get help from, and help others to get there. Um, it truly truly takes a village all right it has been fantastic to chat with you here on college talk uh i see you from san diego as i'm recording this a beautiful storm off lake huron is blowing in i am gonna sign out before the thunder starts and uh we'll chat with you next time on college talk